Previously on Winglings, we headed to the Wisterian jungle and met up with Magborn at the Fountain Inn. I soon realized that the shadow was traveling through water and changing all creatures into dark minions. The fountain itself went dark, and all those who were drinking from it were changed. We fought them off, but once the battle was finished, we saw that M was also changing. She had sipped some of the tainted water. We had to get her to the Rose Clan, where there might be someone who can help her. Meanwhile, Winnie and Lou were heading to the Orchid Clan to see if they'll join the fight against the Dark Army. And now for Episode 11, Blowing Smoke. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. had heard enough praises for one day. At first, the words of encouragement from the prairies were welcome, even delightful. Winnie hadn't realized she needed a boost of confidence. She found herself bowing and blushing frequently. Lou kept saying things like, Tell me something I don't know, every time the grass told her how wonderful she was. Regardless, the prairies continued to shower her with kind words. But by the end of the day, the voices in the breeze had become distracting. Winnie found it hard to concentrate. She was trying to find the secret entrance to the Orchid Kingdom. Trying to remember all of her specific instructions was all but impossible with so much chatter. She remembered something about an extra long blade of grass where the hills turned green. That was it. They'd been wandering for hours looking for it. Every time she thought she'd found it, Lou would say, This grass isn't green enough. And she was right. It was still yellow. Winnie was just so desperate to find the green hills that her imagination was starting to make things look green. She'd all but given up when she heard a voice in the breeze whisper, Your dark hair looks radiant against the green backdrop. What? Winnie listened more intently. The voice repeated itself, louder this time. Your dark hair looks radiant against the green backdrop. Winnie whirled around. There, barely visible over the tops of two yellow hills, was a single patch of green. Winnie jumped when she saw it. Yes, there you are, oh, like a little green sunset. Lou scrunched her nose. I think the grass just called me a little green sunset. No, Lou, that was me. We found it. Look. Lou turned and saw the hill on the horizon. She too jumped with joy. They ran for it and stopped at the bottom of the green hill where the yellow and green grass met. Sure enough, there was a single blade of green grass 
that was twice as long as the others. Winnie let out a nervous breath, grabbed it, and pulled. As she did, a grassy trap door opened in the side of the hill. Winnie and Lou looked at each other. Cool, they said together. They ran through the opening and the door shut behind them, its roots slithering back into the ground. Looking around, they found themselves in a dark tunnel. The walls were dirt, root, and rock. Winnie pointed her index finger on her gloved hand, making the jewels along it glow just enough to light their way. Stay close, Winnie said. For all we know, they've been driven out of here. Lou picked up a rock and ready to throw it. I'm not scared. Nothing's driven me out of here. Holding out her glowing glove, Winnie led the way down the dark tunnel. It wasn't long before she stopped. God, do you smell that? Lou sniffed the air. <laughs> Smells like eggs and <laughs> cooked broccoli. Winnie gave her a concerned look. I don't remember the orchids smelling like that. Maybe they're making an omelet? An omelet? Winnie shook her head and continued deeper into the tunnel. The smell grew worse, much worse, and now there were grotesque sounds echoing through the tunnel. Excuse you! Lou waved her hand over her nose. That wasn't me, Winnie said. Look! She held up her glove, and the light shone over several sleeping moles taking up most of the tunnel. Dirt clung to their dark, fuzzy hair. Snores echoed from their pointed noses, and their weirdly large hands were outstretched like they were ready to catch something. Just the sight of them somehow made the stink even worse. Winnie and Lou tiptoed by the foul creatures. The mole's inflating bellies nearly pushed the girls up against the opposite wall as they crept by. One of the moles rolled over and burped right in Winnie's face. Oh! She nearly passed out. She tried to wipe the stink off herself once they'd finally made it past them. When Oliver said they were hiding in the mole tunnels, I didn't think they'd actually be living with moles. I'd rather bunk up with a chupacabra. Lou said. Deeper into the tunnels they went, until finally they reached a double door guarded by two orchid fairies, dressed in golden armor. One of them was sitting atop a mean-looking lizard. Its flickering tongue came within inches of Winnie's face. Show yourself, the mounted guard said, aiming his barbed spear at her. A lantern hung from its tip. Winnie lowered her glove so the guards could see their faces. It's Winnie and Lou, the pixie knots, she said. Both guards took a moment to get a better look. So it is, the guard on the lizard said. You may pass. Winnie bowed to them, and they opened the doors. Holy macaroni, Lou said as they walked through the opening. They gawked at the giant domed room. Cut geodes dotted the dirt walls, full of beautiful purple crystals. Many of the geodes had been turned into homes with sleeping and eating areas. Orchid families flew from geode home to geode home, going about their daily activities. Some pulled grubs from the dirt walls to cook for dinner. 
Others were decorating for the Festival of Light. The roots growing out of the cavern walls were braided into thick ropes that hung down to the ground. Orchid fairylings took turns climbing up them and swinging. Rich mineral deposits pocketed the other parts of the cave. Splashes of silver, orange wolfenite, black obsidian and mesmerizing rainbow aura bismuth. Down below, an enormous yellow quartz cluster glowed with pixie in the center of the room, filling the whole space with light. Took you long enough, a voice said. Winnie and Lou turned to see Oliver fly down from one of the largest geode homes in the cave. As usual, he looked like he'd spend most of the day getting ready. His red hair was perfectly wavy, and his golden armor somehow sparkled more than his green eyes and all the precious gems in the cave. Even his boots' root laces were tied perfectly. Winnie gave him a hug. I'm glad to see you're all okay. This place is incredible. Except for the moles. That was a little much. Oliver chuckled. This stink is our first line of defense. Winnie took in the grandeur of the cave. How'd you find this place? The praising prairies, actually. When we were looking for a new place to hide, the voices led us here. And they haven't led anyone else to you? Not unless they sent you. Winnie looked around again. Not intentionally. Good to see you, Lou. Oliver held out his arms for a hug. Lou walked right past him and squinted at the geode homes. Is Pickles here? Oliver smiled. I haven't seen your friend Pickles in quite some time. He's part of the Tulip Clan, remember? Yeah, I remember. I was told he'd be here. Oliver looked at Winnie. You told her that? Winnie rolled her eyes and shook her head. Right. Well, I'm sure you've had a long journey and there's much to catch up on. Let's continue this conversation somewhere more private. He wrapped his arms around Winnie and Lou and flew them up to his geode home near the top of the cave. Winnie was surprised by how deep the geode was. The hole full of purple crystal was spacious and provided just enough privacy with a little help from a purple crystal half wall. Oliver set them down at a table on the other side of it. Now tell me, where have you been? Oliver asked. I'm anxious to hear of the outside world. It gets dreadfully boring down here. We met up with Magborn and the other fairy royalty at the Rose Kingdom, Winnie said. The dark is spreading, and we're looking to join forces to stop. Timothy's army, yes, I've heard. His minions multiply by the day. More than half the realm is covered with them. You came straight from there? No, we stopped by the Daisy Clan to look for their Shadowstone. Tim's been collecting them and using them to grow his powers. Did you find it? We did. Well, where is it? Winnie hesitated. Willem Wingling has it. We shared the quest with the Winglings. Oliver frowned. Willem Wingling? Hold on. Yes? He looked at the orchid guard that had floated up to the balcony. <clears throat> Forgive me, my lord, but the decorating committee wants to know if you want purple leaf napkins or gold. Gold, of course. What am I, a tasteless barbarian? The guard bowed and flew away. Sorry about that, Oliver said. Apparently not even being shut away in stinky mold tunnels can stop the Festival of Light from happening. 
So, Willem Wingling, why would you ever hang around with that cocky Flashwing? Winnie folded her arms. Cocky Flashwing? I can think of another fairy who deserves such a title. As I said, we were assigned to work together. He and his sister Emerald are quite lovely, actually. <laughs> are they? Oliver scoffed. Those daffodils had me fooled. You're just jealous of all the attention they've gotten since the Battle of Emerald Creek. I dare say William deserves it. He's a powerful pixie wielder, as is his sister. Jealous? Oliver leaned over the table. The Battle of Emerald Creek has nothing to do with it. In case you're forgetting, we sent them a request to help us evacuate from a last hiding place, and I didn't so much as get a hummingbird message back. I hear he's been too busy taking leisurely dips in the pools of perfection. So forgive me if I'm not enthused by his sudden interest in the realm's suffering. His hair is prettier than yours, Lou said, raising her hands. Oliver scowled at her. Just saying. She held a purple crystal up to her eyes and looked around as if it were a pair of binoculars. Another orchid guard flew up to the balcony. This one had a curly mustache and long curly hair. Yes? Oliver was starting to get irritated. Ahem, <clears throat> my lord. The choir wants to know what song they should open the celebration with. Hmm, how about the classic... Can't you see I'm in the middle of something? It's one of my favorites. The guard scratched his head. I don't believe I've heard that one. Of course you haven't, Oliver mumbled. Tell them they can sing whatever they'd like, so long as it isn't that bouncy, blooming, brightly tune. I'd rather they scream at us than sing that one. As you wish. The fairy bowed and flew away. Oliver looked back at Winnie. Again, my apologies. You were about to tell me how Willem Wingling is somehow no longer a self-centered, pompous, do-nothing wingback? Winnie raised an eyebrow. I can assure you he's had a change of heart. He's determined to stop the Dark One. Tim's his best friend. Oh, in that case, I'll definitely trust him. If Magborn trusts him, that's good enough for me. Do you remember what happened shortly after we defeated the Lunas and set your queen free? Oliver sighed. Yes, yes, the Rose Clan left you rose petals. How noble of them. They didn't just leave me rose petals. They welcomed me into the fairy royalty inner circle. Magborn himself came to visit me and offered to help. He was the one who figured out how to make me and Lou small so we could do fairy business properly. Oliver folded his arms. So it was Magborn who sent you here? I also wanted to check in and see how you were doing, but yes, he asked us to come. Why? Why do you think, Oliver? Lou said, giving her head a sassy shake and making a few purple crystals fall out of her hair. He wants us to join the fight. Winnie nodded. <clears throat> Excuse me, my lord. Light, can't you see I'm in the middle of something? The orchid god holding two tablecloths tripped over himself, falling off the balcony and flying the rest of the way down. Of course we'll join the fight. Oliver fixed his armor. But I don't want Willem anywhere near me in battle. That won't be a problem.
Winnie looked around. I have to ask, with your clan being underground, how did you know the Dark Army was growing so quickly? Oliver grinned. I'll show you. He led them down a long, dark corridor at the bottom of the cave, past more stinky moles, until they reached a circular door guarded by an orchid soldier. The soldier bowed at Oliver and opened the door. On the other side was a small room with a high ceiling. A tiny pinpoint of sunlight shone through a little hole in the ceiling. At the far end of the room, to Winnie and Lou's horror, was a captured Luna. Roots held it against the wall. A muzzle covered its mouth. The bat wings behind its head perked up when they entered. This is how I've learned about Timothy's plans, Oliver said proudly. The door shut behind them. You captured a Luna? Winnie whispered. A band of them attacked us on our way here. It wasn't a pretty fight, but in the end they fled and we managed to take this one prisoner. One of his wings was damaged so he couldn't escape. This is a bad idea, Lou said. Winnie looked disturbed. I have to say I agree with her. Maybe you'll change your mind when you hear what it has to say. Oliver walked over and grabbed the muzzle on the Luna's mouth. No, wait! Winnie tried to stop him, but Oliver yanked the muzzle off and strutted back, dangling it from his finger. Don't worry, I think three of us can handle one Luna. He glanced down at Lou. Well, two and a half of us, anyway. Lou stuck her tongue out at him. The Luna stretched its jaw. Winnie readied her glove. Pixie nuts, the Luna hissed. My queen will be most pleased to see you again. I have no business with your queen, Winnie said. She and the rest of the Dark Army will soon be stopped. The Luna chuckled and puffs of smoke slithered from its fangs. <laughs> the Dark Army is unstoppable. No force in all the realm can keep the shadow from spreading. The Dark One has the ultimate weapon. The Shadow Blade... Winnie said under her breath. The Luna smiled a wicked smile. It is nothing like other Zaxlins. Its soul is fresh and hungry. The Shadow Stones make it more powerful than a hundred Zaxlins. Once the last stone is retrieved, the Dark One will be able to break the world itself. One dip of the blade and everyone everywhere will kneel before him. Dip? Winnie frowned. How did you think the Dark Army was spreading so quickly? The all-powerful Dark One dips a shadow blade into water and spreads dark pixel through the realm. Even now, shadow darkens the waters around us. Minds are too weak to resist it. They succumb and bend to his will. All the waterways are tainted? Oliver asked. They will be soon enough. There won't be a droplet in all of Feridum that isn't shadowed. It's too late for you to stop it. 
Dark Pixie travels much easier through water than light. Dark Pixie thrives in the cold. So, Light Pixie can spread through water too? Lou said, as if the Luna's threats were boring her to death. The Luna's grin disappeared. He realized he'd said too much. You can't. Oh, I think we can, bub. Sounds like we just need to figure out a way to spread light in the water and push away the shadow. You will fail, the Luna spat. Nothing can match the pixie power of the Shadow Stones. Winnie turned her back on the Luna and nodded for Oliver and Luna to step out with her. They left the room and closed the door. Oliver dismissed the guard. They could hear the Luna's shouts on the other side of the door. Get back here! We're not done! You can't leave me like this. Nice work, Lou! Winnie gave her sister a high five. Oh, piece of cake. Lou ran her hands up and down her overall straps. My pinky finger has more brains than that thing in there. So what do we do? Oliver asked. Winnie thought for a moment. We have to find a way to get all the pixie-wielding fairies in the realm that haven't turned to push light through the waterways. Easier said than done, Lou mumbled. It's the only way, Winnie said. Once we regroup with the other clans, we'll tell them. Oliver pointed to the door. You heard him back there. No pixie wielder can compete with the Shadow Saxlin. Dark Pixie is too powerful. That's what they want us to believe. With enough light, we should be able to push the Shadow back. What about those that have already changed? Lou asked. I don't know, Winnie said. Hopefully we can open their eyes to the Shadow's deception. And if not, Oliver raised his eyebrows. Then we save our clans at all costs. The heaviness of her words hung in the air. You hear that? Lou said, holding up a finger. Oliver shrugged. I don't hear anything. Winnie looked back at the door. It stopped shouting. Lou squinted at them. Did anyone put the muzzle back on him? Winnie and Oliver exchanged a look of shock. They threw open the doors. On the other side, the Luna was spewing a pillar of smoke up through the small hole in the ceiling. The thick column poured through the opening like a smoking chimney. Oliver drew his sword. It's sending a signal. Stop him! The Luna dropped its chin and directed its smoky breath at them. Before the deadly smoke curse could reach them, Winnie held up her pixie glove and flicked her three middle fingers out. A beam of light shot through the cloud of smoke. A shrill shriek filled the room, and then silence. As the smoke dissipated, there was nothing but ash and charred roots where the Luna once stood. Winnie caught her breath. She looked up at the hole. She could hear something outside. The faint sound of Luna drums. Oliver quickly sheathed the sword. Looks like we joined the fight today. Come on, they'll be here any minute. The three of them hurried back out of the tunnels and sounded the alarm for all to evacuate. 
The orchids had a plan in place for such an emergency. In a matter of seconds, they scooped up their families and flew out of the tunnels, passing the irritated and confused moles. When they reached the outside, they could see the black dots approaching in the distance. Staying low, they made their way towards the coast. Just when they were out of sight over the neighboring hills, the Luna Queen and her hordes of Lunas came flying up to the Mole Tunnel entrance. Search every inch, the Luna Queen ordered. No one escapes. Lunas flooded the tunnels, sending the moles scurrying for dear life. By the time the Luna Queen set foot in the underground cavern, her minions had searched every tunnel. Winnie? Lou? She called out. I know you're here. A Luna captain flew over with his head bowed. We've searched every room, your majesty. They're gone. The Luna Queen's hungry expression turned sour. Impossible. The signal was sent just a moment ago. They have to be here. Search again. The Luna Queen's head wings unfolded and flapped, lifting her off the ground. Furious, she joined the search, turning over every geode home. Purple crystals rained down as they tore through the rooms. When the last home was searched, she landed back on the ground, huffing and puffing. No! She screamed. Poisonous smoke poured from her mouth and melted the giant quartz cluster in the center of the cave, turning it into a yellow puddle. Outside, in the distance, the orchids and the pixie knots reached the coast. Their plan was to dig up the small boats they'd buried on the beach, but Winnie stopped them before they could start. There was something approaching over the waves. Winnie squinted at it. What is it? Oliver asked, flying up next to her. Winnie shook her head and smiled. It's the Jolly Leafer! Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. I want to shout out Kaylee and her brothers Colton and CJ for listening and being loyal Rocketeers. Kaylee, Colton, CJ, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Rocketeers, all those out there who are supporting the podcast through the Rocketeer Club. And thank you so much for the feedback, helping us fine-tune it and to fix any bugs or glitches. It's hugely, hugely appreciated. So thank you so much. Hopefully we get everything worked out uh, here real soon, but it's already much better than, than it was. So thank you so much for doing that. I also want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping edit the story, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. In that episode, in those mole tunnels, the cave, I put some very specific 
minerals, some very specific uh, stones in there. So with a little hope from your parents, you should look up those specific names to see the pictures of what they look like. And they look amazing. They're just like magical looking stones, minerals. It's incredible. It's incredible. So look that up with the help of a parent and learn a little bit about them, about some of these rare minerals and gems that are out there. It's really cool. I love going to those like rock shops or gem shops. We went to one on our trip to Canada. It was just a little shop and you just go in there and some of these collections that people have are just just so beautiful. It makes you appreciate the beauty of this earth, not just in the beauty around us on the surface, but also like down underground and just the incredible stuff that we find. And honestly, when I was originally planning Digger, the plan was to kind of teach about some of these gems, some of these minerals to kind of go through the details of them and teach a little bit about that. I didn't end up doing that. That's a little bit of a regret. I'm just not a rock hound. I'm not hardcore into that, but I kind of wish I would have done that. So anyway, you should share a picture of your favorite rock or mineral that you've discovered, maybe in your backyard with the help of a parent. You could take a picture and share some of the cool stuff you guys have found because I think uh, in this story, I highlight a few of those really cool ones I've never found out in the wild, but I've seen in some of these cool rock shops or in a museum and uh, some of these ones that like glow in the dark, just really incredible stuff. So anyway, something to keep in mind, a way to kind of make this episode a little more fun and take some some learning from it. But anyway, Rocketeers, thanks so much for listening, for your support, and be sure to tune in next time for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.